You're listening to Doctrine and Duty, podcast of Brian Ray, Senior Pastor of Alexander Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia, where biblical theology meets everyday Christian life. Hello, greetings, howdy, welcome to another edition of Doctrine and Duty. It is good to be back with you, and I hope you're excited to be back with me uh, for this episode. We are working our way through the Abstract Principles, one of the founding documents of the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, coming to us from the year 1858. So it's got a little bit of a little bit of age on its side, and it's lasted. It was the um, one of the basis documents of the founding documents for the Baptist Faith and Message that was done. It's been done and redone and redone and maybe redone, but hopefully not redundant, right? So, uh, Baptist Faith and Message 2000 statement. You, you know, it's really hard to believe this is 2022, 2000. I remember when the statement was was redone, and I was a young pastor, and to think that it's 22 years old makes me think I'm, well, obviously older than 22 years old. So, anyways, uh, the topic for today is regeneration, and this is a topic that should encourage the people of God, uh, those who are saved. Um, we are regenerate. We have experienced regeneration. Um, many would describe it as uh, the moment of salvation or the new birth that we have in Christ, and I'll share with you in a few moments the way the abstract of principles describes or defines it. But for now, I want to kind of begin our time with um, John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. It says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Of course, Nicodemus didn't understand all of that. At the moment, by the way, he so understands it later because we see Nicodemus uh, working with Joseph of Arimathea to prepare the body of Jesus for burial. Mm, Sort of like preparing it for resurrection, actually, but anyways, I digress. So, let us look now to the Abstract of Principles description, definition of regeneration. It reads this way, Regeneration is a change of heart wrought by the Holy Spirit who quickeneth, or quickens, the dead in trespasses and sins, enlightening their minds spiritually and savingly to understand the Word of God, and renewing their whole nature so that they love so that they love and practice holiness. It is a work of God's free and special grace alone. So what I normally do is break this down into words, and um, so it's it's kind of like expository reading, expository preaching, uh, but it's not the Bible. This is we're kind of breaking this down expositorily this paragraph, uh, this doctrinal statement. So, regeneration is a change of heart. I I would add, argue, add, whichever. uh, Regeneration is a change of heart, mind, and will. Um, Obviously, the mind and the will comes a little bit after the heart uh, because you have to be discipled and you have to learn and grow in Christ through sanctification. Oh, spoiler alert, that's coming soon. The doctrine of sanctification. But uh, anyways, regeneration is a change of heart. Now, Since we're talking about salvation, when we talk about regeneration, since we're talking about the new birth in Christ, getting saved, um, you've got to understand that this is not a change of heart that we just decide on. We don't wake up one day and say, you know, I'm going to get regenerated. Uh, 
or I'm going to experience regeneration today. This is great. Uh, the next statement is key. It says, regeneration is a change of heart wrought, W-R-O-G-H-T, or authored, uh, done by the Holy Spirit. It's very important that we understand the role of the Holy Spirit in the process of salvation or regeneration. We understand that the, the Holy Spirit informs us of our sin, convicting us of our sin. The Holy Spirit informs us of our need to be saved, of our need for Christ. And the Holy Spirit also uh, directs us to the Father. He, The Holy Spirit draws us to the Lord. And so the process... Uh, of regeneration, of becoming a regenerate follower of Christ, is done by or completed by uh, the Holy Spirit of God. So this is a glorious truth. Now in Titus chapter 3, verse 4, it says, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. So that being justified by His grace, we might become heirs, H-E-I-R-S, heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So, going back, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, very interesting terms, the washing. Uh, we know that salvation, uh, that washing is a picture of getting uh, clean, uh, getting right, getting pure, getting holy, getting clean before God. And so uh, the washing of regeneration, the renewal, um, God bringing something new out of something old, something to life out of something dead, something to light that was formerly dark. And the analogies could go and go and go. Regeneration is a change of heart wrought by the Holy Spirit. Now, the next few phrases describes what happens in this process or what the Holy Spirit does. It says, He quickens the dead in their trespasses and sins. It doesn't mean that He, he pushes us to, to be dead in trespasses and sins. It's this, this phrasing is a little bit odd, a little bit dated, but it's, it's a reference to those who are already dead in trespasses and sins. It says that He quickens us. He brings us to life. He changes us. He transforms us. He renews us. And so regeneration is a change of heart wrought by the Holy Spirit who quickens those who are dead in their trespasses and sins. Also, it says, enlightening their minds spiritually and savingly to understand the Word of God. You and I could read the Word of God all we wanted to before Christ. And sure, we would get bits and pieces and we would understand the, maybe the history or the narrative structure or or some of the things, but we would not truly gain an insight and understanding into the Word of God because our minds are darkened and alienated toward the things of God. Well, the Bible here, I'm sorry, not the Bible. Well, the Bible does teach this doctrine, obviously, but uh, our text says it is in the, that the Holy Spirit enlightens the minds spiritually and savingly. Ah, so, so there is a spiritual um, a pulse that begins whenever we are regenerate. And, and, and the Holy Spirit enlightens us prior to that in a spiritual way, but also in a saving way to understand the Word of God. So the Holy Spirit draws us to the Father through the Son into a saving relationship with the Father through the Son. So enlightening our minds spiritually and savingly to understand the Word of God. It's not just that we're gaining facts or information or we're reading stories, but we are 
in a way that only the redeemed, only the regenerate, only the saved, only those who are born again can understand the Word of God. This is glorious, glorious terminology. And then the Holy Spirit is about renewing our whole nature. Now, you hopefully will remember uh, a couple of uh, sessions ago, a couple of podcasts ago, when we talked about the fall of man, and that man has inherited a corrupt, a a corrupt sin nature. So we sin by nature and by choice. We are positionally not lined up with the Lord or the things of God. Positionally, we are lost. We are in deadness, in sin, uh, in Satan. If even if you would have it said that way. But once we are saved, we are in Christ, in life, in light, in love. And so it says there is the renewing of the whole nature. Uh, something glorious happens whenever we get saved, whenever we are regenerated. Our entire nature changes. Our whole bent, our whole direction, our whole purpose for living, every single thing changes. Our entire nature spiritually, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, from head to toe, everything about us is transformed by the, by the Holy Spirit and for the glory of God. This is great news. The renewing of our whole nature. And here's the purpose. So that they love and practice holiness. I'm going to tell you something. Lost people do not love and practice holiness. Lost people are in love with themselves. Uh, they're in love with godlessness and ungodliness and unrighteousness. Uh, lost people are in, in love with, with others, other things, other people, and especially themselves. But those who have come to know Christ as Savior and Lord, those whose hearts have been uh, changed, wrought by the Holy Spirit, they love and practice holiness. We long to do the right thing. We long to be godly. Not, not so that we can be self-righteous. Not so that we can be people stuck on ourselves. But so that we can be a people who are hot after the heart of God and be right with our Lord God as well. The last sentence says it this way. It is a work of God's free and special grace alone. That, that really goes back to just hit upon the doctrine of election that we covered uh, a few, two or three sessions ago as well. But it is a work of God's free and special grace alone. In other words, we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, according to the Scripture alone, and for the glory of God alone. It's not Jesus plus something equals salvation. It is Jesus alone brings salvation. It is a work of God's free and special grace. It, it, listen, there's common grace out there for everyone. God blesses all of humanity to some extent. And then other people can extend grace to you and show you uh, kindness, and you can receive common grace from others even. But there is only one who can show you special saving grace, and that is God the Father, ushered in through the Son by way of the Holy Spirit of God. So, folks, this is great stuff. This is great doctrine, great theology. Um, by the way, uh, as Good Baptists, we believe in a regenerate church membership. So we we try to consistently look through our church uh, membership roster, contacting folks and making sure that people are coming and that they are uh, loving the Lord, serving the Lord, and that they are saved. And so we would hold to a regenerate church membership, striving to make sure that all who are members of our church are saved, as should every church. Uh, church membership is uh, should we should have high expectations of our members. It is a 
a blessing and a privilege to be a member uh, of a local church that preaches the Word of God for the glory of God. Well, listen, hey, I love you guys. Uh, I'm so thankful that you joined in. Hopefully you're a regular uh, on the podcast. I almost said on the show. Gracious, is this a show? Maybe it is. Goodness, I don't know. So thanks for joining us and being a participant, you know, on the show, not a contestant or anything like that, but it's good to have you with me. Hey, listen, um, I do hope that you're a part of a, of a faith, of a, a faithful, godly church. Um, get plugged in, serve the Lord, be thankful. Um, and if you're not find one, oh my, if you're a believer, you need to be faithful to a local church. And hey, I know of a great one, Alexander Baptist Church, 4316 Pamela Court, Chesapeake, Virginia, 23321. Pastor Brian Ray here. Come join us. Have a good one. Take care. You've been listening to Doctrine and Duty, a podcast of Alexander Baptist Church, located at 4316 Pamela Court, Chesapeake, Virginia. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. and find us online at abch.org.